This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw with a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. We've all heard about clean products, clean beauty, clean makeup, clean home products. But what actually makes an item clean? And what are these chemicals doing to our bodies? I have Suzanne Langmere, serial entrepreneur and founder of Bite Beauty, to help us answer all the questions and more. Suzanne is passionate about creating clean, sustainable products that are not only effective, but safe. She is so knowledgeable about the topic, and I can't wait to get into it with her. This is the secret to shopping clean. Welcome, Suzanne. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is definitely a topic that I'm super passionate about, and I'm really excited to be here with you. Well, thank you so much. I am also very passionate about it, and I am so excited that the listeners have you here on the podcast today to talk about this because I think you are brilliant, and I think you are just exactly who we need to be here today and to tell all of us everything we need to know about it. I love your message about using clean products. Can you explain what this means in the beauty and skincare world? Well, clean beauty in skincare, home care, uh, really refers to editing ingredients so they are not biotoxic to our bodies and to our planet. And um, the truth is that in North America, about one in seven ingredients are known carcinogens, pesticides, or have safety and data risks associated with them. And in a place like Europe, we've had 1,000 chemicals used in personal care products that have been eliminated or highly regulated compared to only 10 in North America. So clean beauty is really about becoming your own advocate for the products that you use on your skin and in your home daily and knowing what the ingredients are and forming an alliance with new trusted brands and retailers that do a really good job of editing beauty products so that they are clean and non-toxic. Well, what a difference in this country compared to Europe. That's really scary. It it is really amazing. Um, My first experience and knowledge of that was after living in France for a year. And I became very accustomed to finding clean, healthy beauty products pretty much everywhere. Um, I remember that uh, while I was there, they actually banned hospitals from giving away beauty or or, uh, products to babies, to new mothers, because some of those products had known sulfates, parabens, and ingredients that were regulated. So I came, you know, I had an experience of a full year of just having access to clean products. And when I came back to Canada, I started to look for similar products and I just couldn't find them. And that's when I noticed that there was just such a discrepancy between clean beauty and safe products um, in Europe as opposed to North America. So the clean beauty movement is really about brands and retailers taking the standards that are already present in in the EU and the UK and voluntarily editing 
ingredients and products so that they are truly safe for our bodies and for our environment. Wow. Can you break down the importance of this? Like, what are these chemicals actually doing to our bodies? Well, I did see a a study that was launched yesterday that there's a lot of new research on forever chemicals and things like phthalates. It's, It's kind of a hard word to recognize and to know. And phthalates are in fragrances. Fragrance companies don't have to voluntarily disclose all of the ingredients in the trade secret of fragrance. So chances are, if you're using a product with fragrance, you're using something like phthalates. And forever chemicals are hormone disruptors, meaning that they interfere with your body's own natural ability to heal, to fight disease. They are known to be carcinogens, so they're cancer-causing. And there's really just a long list of products. Um, One of my favorite retailers is Credo Beauty, because they do such a good job of editing and elevating the standards. So some of the ingredients that you want to try to eliminate are things like phthalates, parabens, phenoxyethanol. I mean, I'm a a beauty formulator and I find some of these ingredients hard to say. So it's really good to align yourself with brands and retailers that, that do the editing for you. And, and really there are five years ago, it was harder to weed out clean beauty or natural beauty or sustainable beauty. Whereas, especially in the last couple of years, it's become very accessible to avoid ingredients like sulfates, parabens, phenoxyethanol is an ingredient that is regulated and that is also a preservative. But it, you know, really it's, it's about um, editing the products that you use every single day and that's 80% of the heavy lifting in terms of, of uh, using products that are safe and effective. So when someone buys a beauty product and they don't see on the label that it's paraben-free, phthalate-free, the things you just listed, what can they expect it to do to their body? Well, I think there's a, a bioaccumulation of ingredients. Um, Bite Beauty was based on the principle that what you put on your lips should be as safe as the food that you eat. And in the same way that, you know, the products that we apply to our skin are absorbed through the body, especially fragrance products. And so really clean beauty is about making sure that you're not using those products. And over time, there are lots of studies and research that validate that things like preservatives, parabens, uh, sulfates are not only sensitizers and can cause skin irritation, but they also don't, they're not really friendly to our planet. They're not readily biodegradable. And um, so there, there are a lot of ingredients that, that you can avoid. And unfortunately, you can't trust brands to do the editing for you oh. um, because it is not overly regulated. And Bite Beauty is such an exciting brand to me. Can you tell us all about how you thought of this idea and when you decided to go for it? Well, really, the idea came to me. I mean, I've I've always been for 25 years, I've been working in the natural beauty and, and now, as we call it, the clean beauty category. And the idea for Bite came to me returning to Canada from that year in France. And I just saw such a discrepancy. And to me, it made sense. Um, The name bite was really a reference to edible and what you put on your lips, you eat. And the average woman, I think, consumes something like five pounds of lipstick. So it's, it's, you know, 
it's quite a lot of product in your lifetime. And so that association with what you put on your skin and lips, you know, really should be healthy for you. So when I couldn't find a product like that for myself, I originally started formulating in my kitchen and, um, and just decided to take the step and launch the brand as, you know, very clean, natural and healthy products for lips. God bless you. I, and that, I love you. I have to say, I love you. I love you. I love you for, for doing this because the mantra of only using lipstick with ingredients that you would eat is just so genius. Makes me think of every time I kiss my grandbabies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the same thing applies to what you put on your skin. And, and like I've said, if you learn to edit the products that you use on a daily basis, I mean, the deodorant category has just had a huge shakeup. And now there are natural options that work. And really about five years ago, natural beauty or clean beauty was synonymous with it doesn't work or it's, you know, lackluster in performance. But green chemistry has evolved so much, and we've learned so much about how to formulate really um, high-performance, beautiful products that have these safer ingredients. And you know, so deodorant is a category. Toothpaste is a category that's evolving. Yes. There are just so many things that we use on a daily basis that are now easier to purchase. And I really thought about creating um, like a clean beauty cheat sheet for beginners because I, I really think when you're used to using certain products for your entire life, that it can be super overwhelming to have the knowledge and have the confidence to edit your daily routine. And really, I would say the three things that you can do are detox the eight to 10 products that you use on a daily basis. Um, like I said, align with retailers like Credo. Um, Sephora has a new Clean Plus designation, as does Ulta Beauty. I mean, Target has a clean beauty aisle. So align yourself with retailers that are doing the editing for you. And the third thing I would recommend is read the ingredients. And, you know, like I've said, ingredients like phenoxyethanol are really hard to pronounce and they're hard to know what they do. So there is a research, a resource called Environmental Working Group or um, EWG. And I believe they even have an app that takes all of the guesswork out of it so that you can make better choices and support brands that are really uh, taking a step in making sure that the products that you use are clean and safe. Oh, I love that. And I want the listeners to know that they can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and we'll have that information on our website in the app you just mentioned because it's wonderful that it takes all the work out of it so they can go right there and see everything they need to know. And we'll, of course, have your information, and you'll talk about your information at the end of this podcast. But all of this is so wonderful. And I'm so glad that you just mentioned that just because it's natural or clean doesn't mean it doesn't work. Because I've been using the natural or clean <laughs> deodorant and toothpaste for so long, and it does work. It, it does work. I mean, often with ingredients or with products like deodorant, there's usually about a two-week period where your body adjusts to actually doing what it was designed to do um, with a natural product. And but I, you know, I know so many people, if not most people I know, have have made that transition. And you know, once you do it, it's it's pretty easy to edit your daily routine. Well, when you created Bite Beauty, and then God bless you for doing that. 
Do you think that the market was ready for it or do you think it required some consumer education, not just Bite Beauty, but all natural products for the consumers? Well, I think it was a combination of both that uh, consumers were ready and the the timing was right. Um, I think prior to that, you know, as we discussed, the natural category was really a lackluster category of, you know, not very well-designed products. And I think it's fair for a consumer to expect, for a woman to expect when she's buying a luxury lipstick or a luxury skincare product that it has the look and feel, you know, of something that you're really proud to have out in your vanity and to, to give you the confidence that it really is a quality product. And so at the time that uh, I launched Bite Beauty, I mean, it was, it was a, a number of things. I mean, I had great, great uh, partnerships and I had a great team and we were just so passionate about the idea and in making it very relatable that I think it was kind of a win-win that you could choose something that was healthy and beneficial, but the textures were gorgeous. The packaging was beautiful. And, you know, overall it was a brand that, that fit in despite it being natural. So I think that was a, you know, that was a key thing. Well, take it from me. I'm looking at you right now, even though we're virtual today, sadly, we're not in together in the same room, but I'm looking at you and you just look gorgeous. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's, um, you know, it's, I think, uh, especially last year and a half, we, we've all learned a lot about self-care uh-huh. and about, you know, nourishing ourselves and our, you know, and our skin. And, uh-huh. and it's, uh, it's definitely a subject that I'm really passionate about. Well, it shows. It shows in your hair, your skin, well, your thank you. lip color, everything. Beautiful. If you can make products like those from Bite Beauty, why do you think makeup brands even use other additives? Well, it's a it's both a simple and a complicated question why um, manufacturers would use ingredients that we know are you know in, in the fairly long list of ingredients we should avoid. Um, number one, it's really hard to standardize and mass produce. Um, I was really shocked to see that the number one selling cleanser in North America was filled with sulfates and four kinds of parabens. And, you know, it's, it's the number one dermatologist recommended cleanser. So I think it is possibly harder to mass produce. And I think the, the government doesn't mandate or regulate doing things differently. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying that to be um, confrontational or to be an, an activist, but the truth is when you're manufacturing products in a lab, you have several thousand ingredients at your disposal to make a product perform and to make it feel good when you apply it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to do. And I I think that's why you're seeing what we used to call indie brands, you know, the indie movement of smaller brands that were actually making products for the first time in their kitchens and, you know, scaling up to manufacturers I think the industry has really evolved because consumers are demanding it. Mm -hmm. And we are starting to read labels and ask questions. And manufacturers are um, making clean and safer formulas more available. So I won't ask for a brand name. Um, That's what Google is for, I guess. But um, are there, besides cleansers, uh, do you think there's another specific makeup item uh, that's notoriously known to be unclean? and unsafe besides a cleanser? 
Well, I think, um, you know, most people are familiar with what just happened with Johnson and Johnson and, and baby powder, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the things that you don't even realize are carcinogens. Um, I, I would say that the main products that you use every day, Uh um, you need to look at, uh, cleansers are a category that, that I'm really fascinated with because they contain 80% water. Yeah. And when you have 80% water, you have to add preservatives. Preservatives are necessary evil. And preservatives are designed to kill bacteria. Um, I mean, think about taking a bottle of juice out of your fridge and leaving it on the counter. It won't be long before it's not safe. Mm-hmm. And so preservatives do a very necessary job, but they are also just riddled with safety concerns um, on the body. So I would say you know, your cleansers, um, moisturizers, foundation in particular, uh, is, is a product that I think you can look at, um, and, and lipstick. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to throw the entire (laughs) beauty category under the bus, but I think knowledge is power Uh and, you know, editing your daily products to, to even just choose a handful of ingredients that you want to avoid like preservatives and parabens um, you know, sulfates, silicones, yeah. silicones don't have as much safety concern for the skin, but we know that they don't break down in, in the water, in our waterways. So they're, they have environmental concerns. So, you know, I think it's always a balance of not sounding the alarm and being concerned about everything you do. But again, that knowledge is power yeah. and just, just flipping over that bottle and, and reading your ingredients and becoming familiar with, with what they are. That's true. Do you know that Philip and I, just a few years ago, we had some extensive blood work done. I'm really into staying on top of our health and just doing checkups and, and checking our blood levels and that kind of thing, staying healthy. And uh, when we did this, at this one particular time, we did very extensive checkup. And we both came back with fairly high levels of arsenic in our blood. And Holy smokes. Yes. Now, not a level such that someone was trying to poison us. But it was at a level that it was in our bodies. And the doctor gave us the categories in which it could be entered into our bodies. And he said, check the foundation that you use. Because both of us, he has to wear makeup for the camera. And he said, you should check the foundations that you use for the camera. We're like, whoa. It turned out that it was not that. It was not the foundation. It actually turned out to be in the Italian China we were eating off of. So I had to get rid of all of that. that. That's scary. But the doctor did suggest we check the levels of the foundation that we were wearing. So I'll never forget that. So I check every foundation that we use. Is there a big price difference between clean and high-end unclean makeup? That's a really good question. Um, I think there used to be. I, I think that it was definitely more expensive because products were harder to find. But I, that's not the case now. I mean, we have really fabulous brands ranging from Burt's Bees, you know, uh-huh. lots of different brands at Target. And I, I think beauty is a category where you can splurge or save uh-huh. with, with everything that you use. Um, I would say that it is more typical for drugstore products to be the ones that are made with, you know, less clean ingredients. And ironically, the products that are made for teenagers, like teenage girls that are really sponges for um, toxic chemicals at that uh, age of development 
are often the ones that are using products that maybe they should weed out. But but to answer your question, I don't think that um, clean beauty has to be a splurge. It is definitely possible to buy lots of different brands that are priced economically. Oh, wonderful. Now, can you explain to the listeners about creating the Bite Beauty Lip Labs? Because I think this is so cool. Well, the Lip Lab came after um, having an event and we were making lipsticks in a store. So we brought like our, you know, our, our benchtop lab equipment. So the smaller machines. And I instantly realized that, you know, what I enjoyed doing every day was, was really fascinating to other people. And it became this experiential concept. And I opened the first location. Um, I'm probably going to get my dates wrong, but I think it was in 20. 16 in in Soho in New York and you know at first it was very um it was a pop-up so it was very you know it was a very basic store but within no time we had lineups and we had lineups and we were booked and it was just such a joy to be able to provide an experience that um you know that that people participated in that was experiential and they got to create something that was uniquely for them. And um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. It was a very scary experience to kind of take the risk and open a store in New York. But, um, but I, I'm, yeah, it was just magical. So explain to the listeners what lip labs are. So lip lab is a concept where you can come in and have an artisan make your own lipstick shades in front of your eyes Uh and you watch the entire process. You get to choose the fragrance or the scent, um, the color, the texture, and it's actually made in front of your eyes. And I should mention that I am no longer with Bite Beauty um, as a brand. I I departed the brand three years ago. Um, So any of the magical things that you see happening are uh, with uh, with Kendo, which is a part of the LVMH group. Yeah. And they're doing a fabulous job of expanding the concept and making it more accessible and more available to, to every woman well, that or was, everyone. That was my next comment. Congratulations on it being acquired by LVMH because the yeah. idea was brilliant. It was, uh, I mean, it was, I think it was any entrepreneur's dream to have an idea, to stand up for it, um, to to kind of struggle and be passionate about it, and then to end up in such an unbelievable partnership. Yep. And, you know, and just to have the experience of watching and participating in an idea that, you know, started in my head, yep. that kind of expand to this, this uh, amazing, amazing brand. So, Well, it it was definitely an incredible experience. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And I think it says a lot about the future of clean beauty. I think you taught them exactly about what was important for the future. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I think it's always about luck, timing, and great partnerships. And I was was very lucky to to have all of those align um, with Bite Beauty. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. 
every day at sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Well, since we're talking about a celebratory moment in your life, let's go straight to something we do with every podcast. We do two things in every podcast. And the first thing we do is called the drink of the day. And we have created a drink today in honor of you and our topic. And the name of this drink is the Fresh Spritz. Oh, that looks wonderful. Thank you. That looks delicious. Well, in honor of this podcast, I'm doing a cocktail that only uses whole, fresh ingredients, nothing artificial. So Secret Squad, if you'd like to make this drink completely clean, just remove the alcohol for a refreshing spritzer. I have in this two ounces of organic vodka, one half ounce of honey, one half ounce of fresh lemon juice, and three to four mint sprigs, one-third cucumber chopped, and some sparkling water. In a shaker, press the cucumber and mint with a muddler to release the juices and add in the vodka, honey, and lemon juice. Give it a healthy shake and strain into a glass with ice. Top with sparkling water and enjoy. Mine is garnished with some fresh cucumber slices in the glass and looks just gorgeous. And so cheers to you. Well, cheers. That looks delicious. Cheers. So sustainability is also a big topic of conversation in the beauty and wellness space. Is that right? It's a huge topic of conversation. That is absolutely correct. I think that it's, you know, even though we have known for a long time that we are creating such an enormous amount of plastic waste, um, usage of water, uh, we're shipping water around the world in big plastic bottles. And so, you know, everything from single-use packaging, um, how products are made, what they're contained in, what is the life cycle of the product, where do the ingredients come from in the first place? So sustainability has become a huge topic, and and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the beauty space really relies on plastics. Are these able to be recycled? I think the statistic is that only 12% of plastic is actually recycled. So that leaves, you know, 80 to 82% that ends up in a landfill or worse in, in our oceans. Um, And and that, that is a huge problem. So I think the entire industry is looking for sustainable ways to move forward. Um, Whether it's eliminating some of the packaging uh, retailers like Credo Beauty 
have eliminated the single-use uh, packaging samples. You know, when you go into a store and they fill your bag with lots of samples, they've, they've eliminated um, those samples. So I think sustainability is something that we should all be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, that that is in the list of being clean is thinking about the life cycle of your product and how you recycle and and dispose of your of your of your product when you're finished with it. Yes, that's so true. My 10-year-old grandson is so into his shoes. He loves his sports shoes. And he came over the other day and he says, look, Grandma, look at my new shoes. He's always got a different pair of sports shoes on for all of his different sports. And he goes, look, Grandma, my new shoes. And I said, oh, London, they're just adorable. They're beautiful, whatever. And I said, I just love them. And he goes, well, all of the plastic on my shoes came out of the ocean. So I thought, wow. That that is amazing. I just loved hearing that. So do you think it's possible for these iconic global commercial brands to adopt a more sustainable approach? Well, I think I think they have to. I mean, um, most of the larger manufacturers of personal care and cosmetic products have sustainability initiatives um, that are taking measures either to reduce the carbon footprint in the manufacturing of products, to use, as you said, I mean, London is ahead of his time and we need we definitely need, you know, more people to be excited and uh, embrace um, ocean use, ocean plastic waste made products. Yeah. But yes, definitely larger companies are are forced to uh, make some of these changes because of the amount of plas- plastic waste and packaging waste that is being created. Um, the The way I look at it is that products that are made with 80% water so, you know, everything from your cleansers and your shampoos and your conditioners and your dish soap and laundry soap can be made without the water and without the waste. I love it. And so I, there's this new, um, new focus on anhydrous beauty or waterless beauty. So I think you're going to see that category emerge, which is the category that I am most focused on, mm-hmm. because by eliminating water out of a product, you automatically eliminate preservatives and you reduce at least 80% of the packaging waste. I mean, just look at the the global crisis that we're all facing because of shipping goods around the world and the supply issues. So I think you're going to see a lot of waterless beauty emerging um, and larger companies will be making those steps forward to make it easier for consumers to reduce their waste and to make products that are in recycled uh, plastics and uh, ocean waste. Wow. So I hope the listeners are listening very closely right now because you have also tackled a space that I am deeply passionate about, skincare. Talk to us about clean skincare. What ingredients are considered unclean? Me venturing into clean skincare actually started when my son, who was 18 at the time, Thomas, had um, pretty severe acne. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anyone who's had acne or, you know, worse, has had a child with acne knows the debilitating, you know, like, what do you do? It seems like everything you do aggravates it more. He was actually prescribed Accutane, Mm -hmm. but decided he didn't want to take it. And so when I started looking at the clean or the, or not the clean, but the cleanser products and the, um, skincare products that were recommended for him, 
I was again really shocked to because I I can read an ingredient label. I was really shocked to find a lot of ingredients that are actually known to sensitize skin, cause allergies, and actually make conditions like acne worse. So some of the ingredients that I would avoid in skincare, um, I, I think mineral oil, mm-hmm. uh, petrochemicals, which can block pores and um, you know are just can contain impurities and ingredients that are toxic. Uh, sulfates. Uh-huh. Sulfates are really form. I mean, sulfates are liked in the skincare industry because they foam and they cleanse and it makes a product feel like it's working, but they also disrupt the pH balance in skin. And the pH balance of your skin is really what determines how healthy your skin is and how strong it is uh-huh. in, in its ability to regenerate and repair itself. So I would say sulfates and then the preservative category, your parabens, any kind of a paraben we know is um, a a paraben's job is to kill bacteria, Mm -hmm. kills bacteria in a product, but it also kills the good bacteria. Uh So a new emerging area of skincare that's really fascinating is the microbiome. Uh And that is all of the healthy bacteria on your face and keeping your skin in balance so that you can have radiant and healthy skin. I just love it. I love it. Now, I know that you've launched your first brand from the incubator and and Hydra Incorporated. Tell us how you came up with this super unique skincare line. Well, and Hydra is a it's a hard word to say, but the inspiration for the name came from the term anhydrous, which means waterless. Mm -hmm. And when I was developing a cleanser for my son, Thomas, I discovered that by not adding the water, I didn't have to add the preservatives. So it is, I mean, you, you add water to it. So you just shake a, a tiny amount into the palm of your hand, uh-huh. you hydrate it with water and you get this gorgeous foaming cleanser that removes makeup and purities without damaging the pH and without uh, damaging skin. So Anhydra is stemming from this emerging trend of waterless or anhydrous beauty. I love it. I may be repeating myself, but I just think you're brilliant. Well, Both of my boys had acne when they were young, teens, but uh, it's a hereditary thing actually in the family. So I wasn't at all surprised. So I understand how important it is as a mother to want to find whatever you can to help with your child's skin as you did with your son. So I love that you created that. Well, thank you very much for saying that. It's it's definitely something that I'm I'm a bit of a geek But I'm super passionate about it. And, you know, I feel really fortunate that I have a lab that I get to work in and um, my own personal lab. And when I have an idea for something, Uh I can I I can create these products. Uh And um, yeah. And and I think the beautiful thing about Anhydra is that it tackles the clean skincare. You know, it's a product that works, but it also tackles the sustainability issue because a tiny, tiny bottle is four months of skincare. Wow. wow. So you can travel with it. It's, um, it's really mild and gentle, non-toxic, and it really works. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see the sustainability category emerge in, in the beauty space. Wow. Not only is it clean, it's sustainable. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Do the types of beauty and skincare products that you use help the symptoms of your autoimmune disease? Well, my autoimmune is uh, is rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. 
And I really had to learn to weed out um, products and food that cause inflammation. And so I, I actually became a calendula farmer. Oh. <laughs> calendula is a, um, it's a flower that is super high, uh, highly anti-inflammatory. And, you know, calendula is the cream that you put on your baby's bottom when, when there's diaper rash or when there's irritation. Yes. So, so I, I'm definitely very careful about the products that I use and I'm careful about what I eat to an extent. I mean, I'm, I think I've, I've always really believed in the 80, 20 rule, um, 80% or maybe it's a 90, 10 and I just stretched it so I could have a little more fun, but the, you know, 80% of the time you use good products and you eat well. And then the rest of the time you can just kind of splurge and not worry about it so much, but, but definitely, um, being diagnosed with an autoimmune and going through that journey of discovering what was wrong with me and why I was tired and why, you know, my, I had inflammation in my hands was, um, was a wake up call for me to, to really edit and, and pay attention to the things that I use on a daily basis. Wow. I think we have this synchronicity that we didn't even know about that maybe we're supposed to be the best of friends because Philip, did his dissertation for his PhD on rheumatoid arthritis. And so I feel like I know quite a bit about it. And uh, then when our oldest son, Jay, was born, when he was three weeks old, he had to be rushed into surgery because his stomach grew shut. His pyloric stenosis valve grew shut. And it turns, wow. out, it turns out that it's supposedly common in firstborn male. And so, of course, he had surgery to repair that and the side effects, of course, afterwards, we finally had to test different formulas for him to have nourishment, of course. And it gave him diarrhea from the surgery and all of that. And the flour that you were just talking about, I had to find that, put it in a skillet with cornstarch and brown it for his little bottom because he got such blisters from the diarrhea after the surgery. So just in your one story there that you were talking about, we have so many things in common. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to hear that you had that experience. I mean, having a newborn baby, I I don't think anything that you, any ideas that you have or what people tell you prepares you for the absolute joy and stress of having a newborn. And when your newborn is sick and you're scrambling to try to figure out what's wrong, it's a, it's a really scary process. It was very so I'm, scary. I'm glad to hear that that he's he's okay, and yeah. I'm sorry to hear that you went through that. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. It, well, what's really interesting is that I was raised on soy milk and you know dairy free celiac uh-huh. lifestyle because of having those issues when I was a baby, and you know my parents took me to so many different specialists and you know, and, and couldn't figure it out. So I think that there's a real possibility that autoimmunes are something that you're born with. Uh-huh. And maybe it does take time to fully recognize the symptoms and, you know, the, the physical manifestations of, of having an autoimmune disease. I agree with you. How do you hope to expand the product offering of Anhydra? And I want to spell that for the listeners. It's capital A-N dash Hydra, H-Y-D-R-A. Well, I am actually hoping to take on the cleanser category um, and to create cleansers of all kinds that are waterless because um, I actually, I know, I know this is a podcast and you can't see, 
by props, but I want to talk about some of my favorite products. And this is the Simply Co, and it's a laundry detergent. And, you know, laundry detergent and the, what you use in your dishwasher was powder-based forever uh-huh. until I think it was about 30, 30 years ago, we had this bigger is better and, and bigger is easier mindset. And we started creating these massive jugs yep. of, of, of cleansers. Yep. So for Anhydra, my dream is to reimagine the cleanser category. Um, whether that's for cleansing your face, which is obviously a very sensitive type of cleanser because um, I, I want to make sure that people take care of their skin. But even the cleansers that you use in your house, mm-hmm. uh, cleansers of all kinds, well, I think, will benefit from being waterless or powder-based because they are reduced footprint by at least 80%. They become really clean and sustainable. Um, I mean, this product is, it's baking soda, lavender, Castile soap. That's it. And it works like a charm. My clothes smell fabulous. It's, um, you know, so I I am hoping to really tackle the cleanser category and create really sustainable, clean and healthy options um, in all types of cleansing. I have a feeling you're not going to just tackle it. You're going to win it. You're going to conquer it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. This is also fantastic. So. You are such a busy woman. Do you have anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share with the listeners? I feel really fortunate. Um, I have a lot of exciting, many exciting things. I um, I have a farm, a 50-acre farm, wow. and I've for the last six years, I've been learning how to uh, grow my own food haven't been super successful with that. There's, there's, it's a lot harder than it, it seems, but I, as I've said, I'm a calendula farmer. So tomorrow I actually go to the farm with my younger son, Charlie. Um, and it's just bizarre that we, we have a harvest in the middle of October. Oh. I mean, that, that is crazy to me, but, um, but that's an exciting thing that I, that I'm really looking forward to. We've come to a place in the podcast now where I mentioned we do two things in every podcast. And the second thing is we have a game of the day and we create our games that lend to our topic. So this game is called Only the Essentials. So, okay, Suzanne, since you're all about creating products with only the essential ingredients, We're going to play a game that puts our knowledge of essential items to the test. And I'm getting a little nervous right now because I will admit to you, I don't create the games and I don't know anything about them until right now. So we'll take turns getting a prompt such as makeup essentials, and we'll have to name as many as we can think of in 30 seconds. So This will be fun. I think so too. We'll each go twice. And whoever gets the most total items wins. So I'll start, and my producer is giving me my prompt now, which is essentials in your purse. So she's got here examples, flossers, hand sanitizers, etc. So I have to say as many essentials in my purse that I can think of in 30 seconds, and I go first. Okay, lip gloss, uh, lip uh, stick, uh, 
uh, powder bronzer. You can see I have a lot of makeup on. I wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, oh, uh, mouthwash. Um, uh, hairspray. Uh, oh, I was in my purse. Oh, I don't have hairspray in my purse. Okay. Um, is that my time like that? I got six items. <laughs> okay, it's your turn. And you're going to do a different category. In 30 seconds, name as many self-care essentials that you can just think of in 30 seconds. Go. Uh, Claritin, anti-allergy medication. Yes. Uh, sanitizer, a moist hand moisturizer, Kleenex. Uh, I guess a pen doesn't count. Um, oh, I, I carry Bachflower Remedy, but no one else does. Um That isn't eye drops, um, a brush, a hair, like a hairbrush. And um, I said sanitizer, but that's one, oh, that time. one's really a mask. Time's up. Oh, mask. Okay. How many did she get? You got nine. Ooh. Okay. That was very, very good. Okay. So now I'm next. It's back to me. And I'm getting the prompt that says essential personality traits of a boss. <laughs> oh boy oh my gosh okay tell me when okay go okay essential personality traits of a boss uh, funny uh, very uh, confident very sweet <laughs> very um, patient <laughs> very um, travel is a must. I just took him on a girl's trip. Uh, let's see. My time is up. <laughs> okay. And the last Great one. Great answers. <laughs> the last one for you, Suzanne, in 30 seconds. Name essentials for glowing skin. Go. Hydrator. Um, bronzer. Highlighter. Uh, mist, a facial mist. Um, oh, glowing skin. A really good hydrator. Did I say that one? Um, a, a exfoliation. Oh, yes. Vitamin C. Um, so buffing your skin, vitamin C. I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a huge one. And uh, a good cleanser. Time's up. You won. We have a gift for you. We're going to send it to you. Oh, thank you. That's exciting. <laughs> Yay. This has been so fun. much fun. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Suzanne. You're just wonderful, brilliant. I love you. I could sit with you and talk to you about clean everything for days. Thank you very much. It, it was such a pleasure. And, and it's a, it was such a pleasure to talk to you about it. And I'm so excited that you're also passionate about it. And hopefully we can talk again. Oh, well, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure we do. But before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing secrets that have the power to change our lives. So can you share one major secret, anything you've learned from a friend, or family member along the way that has dramatically impacted your life? 
Well, very early on, my stepmother, Anne, told me to learn to trust my gut. And, you know, we, we all talk about intuition and instincts, and it isn't, I don't think it's something that we're born with. I think it's something that you evolve with when you learn, I mean, trust your gut, the whole, the, the, the word itself is trust. And it's about trusting your ability to make good decisions. It's trusting your ability to fix it if you've made a bad decision. So it's having the confidence to, to stand up and, and make a decision and trust your instincts. And often that's something that you feel in your gut. And I would say that that was really strong, beautiful advice that I got from my stepmother that to this day has been the reason that I've taken risks and I've tried new things and I've learned to just kind of go with my gut and, and go with it. So that, I would say that that is my secret. And the thing about instincts is you, there's not always instant gratification when you make a good decision. It's often, you know, down the road, you get to look back. So I, I would say my secret is intuition and learning to trust my gut. Wow. That is brilliant. That is bravo to your stepmother. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was fantastic. Now, please tell the listeners how to find out more information about you and your businesses online. Well, thank you. I have two brands. Um, one, as we've talked about, is Anhydra, and that is anhydra.com. And the second brand I've just launched is called Lixer. And Lixer is calendula-infused lip care. So I am uh, returning back to the lip category. Um, and Lixer's is Lixer's, L-I-X-R-S.com. And I'm excited to to share them all. Oh, so, so thank you very much. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get every one of them. So that is just wonderful. Thank you so much, Secret Squad. Head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more fun recipes and photos that are updated every week. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.